Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Creating a safe space and active listening, this is crucial. This is not uh, an option. It's foundation. It's soil. It's the only way that the relationship is going to uh, grow and thrive, and it's the only way you're going to build trust with your partner. So if you don't have a safe space or don't have the ability to create one, um, it's really hard to connect and build trust. So the way I'm going to go into this is through person-centered theory, which is a uh, theoretic orientation I learned in therapy school, and I think it's the best way to explain, uh, actually the simplest way to explain how to create a safe space, and then we'll get into active listening. So Carl Rogers created this theory, and I'm just going to really simplify it because the way that uh, self-betterment works for me is if it's you know digestible and simple and I'm assuming for you too it's probably better than um, me just you know being a talking head and rambling about theories all day so there's three things that you need to um, create a safe space so I'm gonna present it uh, as like what a therapist would do for a client and then we could talk about what that looks like for you to create a safe space for your partner so Three things you need. Um, one is unconditional positive regard. Um, and what that means is that the therapist must be empathetic and non-judgmental to convey their feelings of understanding, trust, and confidence that encourages their client to make uh, his or her own decisions and choices, right? So think about what that looks like for you to give to your partner. Unconditional positive regard. The second thing that needs to happen is empathetic understanding. And that means that uh, in my world, the therapist completely understands and accepts his client's thoughts and feelings, right? So uh, not being defensive. Not <laughs> You never see a therapist, well, hopefully, you don't see a therapist um, asking a client how he or she feels and then not accepting it but <laughs> being defensive or saying, no, you don't feel that way, right? So empathetic understanding is number two. And the third one is congruence. And this means that in my world, a therapist doesn't carry any kind of air of authority or like, you know, professional superiority or like, you know, I don't sit there with my clients and say, you know what, this is how it goes. This is how it is. This is what you should do. Um, we present a true and accessible uh, self that, that the client can see is honest and transparent, right? So this congruence needs to happen in order for a safe space to occur. Now, think about it. If you're, and I don't know if you've had therapy before, I'm sure you have, think about what the process would look like if your therapist didn't provide these three things, right? If your therapist <laughs> um, was defensive or told you how you should live your life, um, was checking uh, his or her cell phone, um, wasn't empathetic, it would. I mean, you wouldn't. Obviously, you wouldn't see that person anymore. So, in order to create a safe space, it's no different than with your partner. You know, um, you have to practice those. These three things: be person-centered. The three things are again unconditional positive regard. So this means you have to be empathetic and non-judgmental. Um, empathetic understanding, which means to uh, 
complete understanding and acceptance of your partner's thoughts and feelings and congruence um, no you know no one's better than anyone else you're not uh, the, you know waving an iron fist or demanding things or making ultimatums it's congruency it's people doing life with each other not at so that's kind of a very simple um, foundational soil those strings those three things need to happen and, and when you think about the space that you create when you're engaging um, with your partner are those there and of course you know I'm not talking about like if you're just if you guys are out seeing a movie <laughs> I'm talking about um, when you guys are talking when you guys are communicating when you're uh, sharing hearts when you're sharing feelings you know all those strings should all those all those three things should be there now let's talk about active listening active listening is listening for the feelings and emotions behind the words I'm gonna say this again because it's so important active listening is listening for the feelings and emotions behind the words right I talk a lot about subtext and what's happening underneath um, you're not just listening to words because you know sometimes we say things but mean something different right um, and our words it's just it's such a small part of communication everyone puts so much weight on words there's so much more active listening is also uh, it's a skill that is, that has to be developed it takes practice you know you don't just flip on a switch make a decision to be an active listener and you're perfect at it um, it's a practice it's something that you have to set an intention to do right so active act, active listening means um, well exactly what is suggests in the name you're you're listening actively it's it's um, intention based you're not just uh, doing something else and, and listening passively you're doing it in an active way you're concentrating uh, it's fully concentrating on what's being said rather than just passively uh, hearing the message right so active listening involves um, listening with all senses and this is another thing that people don't think about because they just think oh I'm, yeah I'm listening I heard you with my ears um, all your senses and that's how that's how you actually anchor yourself and you're fully present right giving full attention to your partner um, it's not about interest right it doesn't so like people think that active listening means you have to be super interested uh, it it's not that you're interested in what the person is saying you're interested in being present right so that's what I mean when I say it's not about interest um, it's not about the content right it's not about the um, the verbal exchange it's about the interest to be present and um, using all your senses and when I say all your senses I'm also um, talking about energy and and and, and um, eye contact and being fully present as a whole human you know so interest can be conveyed uh, by using both verbal and nonverbal messages. Uh, like I said, eye contact, you know, nodding your head, smiling, agreeing, right? Kind of, kind of, <laughs> in motion, in action, showing that you are in fact there. Um, nodding your head, saying yes, you know, encouraging someone to continue with body language. Um, acting, li act active listening is. Uh, the most fundamental component of any kind of interpersonal communication skill, right? It all kind of begins there. 
And again, listening isn't something that just happens um, that is hearing. There's a difference between listening and hearing, right? Listening is an active process uh, in which a, a conscious decision is made to listen and to understand um, your partner. So a, a key part, and I think I've mentioned this before, is um, you should listen in a neutral state, meaning uh, you shouldn't be judgmental. I think a lot of people, when they're listening, they're forming some kind of argument or judgment, or and you could also tell, like by the way someone you know cringes his or her face, or like yeah, or what you know. And it's like no, put that judgment away. Active listening means to be neutral, um, not trying to take sides or form opinions, right? Especially early on in the conversation, like while the person just like because it's going to make the other person afraid to talk, you know, or to have a conversation with you. This reminds me of my old self when I used to um, engage in conversations, and I would always interrupt or try to get her to um, think differently or I would have some kind of you know argument or try to prove that person wrong and it's like you know enough of that and you just don't want to talk to that person anymore right you're scared to share your opinions because they're going to try to um, sway them or, or you know get get you to change your mind or your taste or whatever um, that is actually called control right <laughs> active listening is also about patience um, pauses and short periods. It's not about just, you know, um, like, hurry up. What do you have to say? Uh, and, and listen, my energy used to be like that where I had very little patience and you're not creating a safe space if you're rushing people to speak. Hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. Listeners should not be tempted to jump in with questions or comments every time there's a few seconds of silence <laughs> this is something that i used to always do right going back to what i just said about interrupting when you're actively listening you are biting your tongue you're not like putting in little inputs of information and you know the other thing it does is it it loses the other person's train of thought you know you're 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 being rude you're hijacking the conversation is what you're doing um, active listening involves giving the other person time to explore their thoughts and feelings. So like if there's a silence or if they're thinking and you could tell when someone is thinking, let them think, you know, pause with them. Um, that, that space doesn't need to be filled up with your opinions and um, what you believe or why someone is wrong or whatever, you know. So that whole giving someone adequate time to speak is active listening. Again, active listening um, not only means focusing fully on, on the person who's speaking, but also actively showing verbal and nonverbal signs that you are listening. As I mentioned before, smiles, right? A smile can um, be used to show that the listener is paying attention, right? And uh, eye contact. Eye contact's huge. I mean, like when, <laughs> when someone's talking to you and your eyes are on your phone or somewhere else, um, it's really hard to not only talk to someone but be vulnerable if someone is not actually paying attention to you looking at you so make sure that you are um, 
giving your partner eye contact. Posture, this is another big one. Um, if someone wanted to talk to you about something serious and you are slouched on the couch or your posture basically says, I have no interest in this conversation, um, even if you you are listening technically, that's a huge um, it's a huge it's a huge speed bump when it comes to feeling safe, right? It's a crack in that space. Uh, and I know it's just the way that you may be sitting, but that posture uh, says everything. you know, it's body language. Active listening also means mirroring, which is um, reflecting of any any kind of facial expressions. So, and this is how you know that you're listening to someone is as they're speaking and 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 um, expressing themselves. That your facial expressions should, should also imply that you're connecting with them, right? Um, consciously, it's not like you're mimicking their facial expressions, but you're understanding you're nodding um you're saying you agree or or if you don't agree it, you're saying that you uh hear them right and that's what's really important it's really not about agreeing or not agreeing also distractions um don't be distracted if you're actively listening you know you're not playing games on your phone you're not fidgeting and looking at the clock um whatever checking your hair <laughs> that's a note to self by the way all right. Also, positive reinforcement, um, verbal positive reinforcements. Um, you know, people use their hands to speak. Uh, just reinforce, reinforcing your partner uh, in a positive way, right? And that's another way to kind of create that safe space. All right. So, I want to also talk about reflecting and this is a, a, a way to um, show your partner that you are understanding and hearing and um, reflecting is actually it's a really important piece that I think we uh, we drop the ball on most people don't even do it reflecting is something also that as a therapist you're constantly doing and we're doing it as a tool as a technique so our client um, knows that we are we are hearing that person right so hearing them um, Reflecting is closely uh, repeating or paraphrasing what the speaker or your partner or, you know, in my line of work, my client has said in order to show the comprehension. So it's like, and you know what, it, it could sound almost like you're patronizing, but you're not because you're doing it in a very sincere way. Uh, it's actually a really powerful skill that can reinforce the message that uh, you understand. Right. So, for example, if someone is talking about something, ha uh, I don't know, something that happened, reflecting would be, OK, so look, this is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that at work um, you felt this way because your boss said this. Right. You're basically you're literally repeating or reflecting, um, mirroring what your partner had just stated. And by doing that, what you're doing is you are, well, proving, but you're also um positively reinforcing and you're encouraging and you're creating that safe space um, because what you're doing is you're telling them this is what I hear right this is what and and so then they would nod and say yeah that's exactly it so um, you're allowing the speaker to hear their own thoughts right that's the other piece of this by reflecting um, you're giving them permission too, right you're giving them permission to feel that way or to speak their mind this isn't reflecting isn't about arguing or if you disagree about something reflecting is here listen I understand what you're saying this is what you're saying you know 
You're showing him or her that you're trying to perceive the world as they see it and that you're doing your best to understand their message. I think that's really important, right? Now, you don't have to be them. That's not what this is about. This is about um, telling them that you understand in that moment, whatever their message is, that you see the world through their eyes, like you get it, um, and you understand their message. You're also indirectly encouraging them to continue talking, right? When you're reflecting, that means green light. I hear, I understand you, this is what you said, continue. Now, what reflecting does not involve is it doesn't involve you asking questions, um, you know, obviously interrupting, introducing a new topic. This happens all the time. I'm guilty of all of this, right? Um, leading the conversation to another direction. I am known to birdwalk and to uh, have a very scattered brain. And when that happens, I'm no longer actively listening or reflecting. I'm, you know, now hijacking the conversation and taking it a different way. And that is not equal a safe space, right? So, guidelines for reflecting. Real quick, some tips. Um, be natural, right? Be you, be authentic, obviously. Um, listen for the basic message. Like, consider the content, uh, f uh, feeling and, and meaning expressed by your partner. So, like, uh, consider the content, but put more weight on the feeling and the meaning behind it, if that makes sense, right? So you're listening for not only the words, but the message, the feeling, um, whatever your partner is trying to state, including their state. Restate what you have been told in very simple uh, obviously not in a patronizing way or a loaded way, but just kind of restate what you said. And, you know, a good way to start is like, this is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing this. Um, that's why I use that a lot. A lot of therapists use that a lot. And then when you're doing that, when you're restating, look for nonverbal as well as verbal, uh, verbal cues that confirm or deny the accuracy <laughs> of what you're paraphrasing. Uh, another tip, do not question the speaker right don't challenge the the when i say the speaker uh, your partner don't challenge i mean you guys could have another conversation after but when they're talking it's not the time to interrupt and and, and all that um and do not add to your partner's meaning you know don't take oh i, I hear you saying this but this is what you really mean right you know <laughs> always be directive and non-judgmental all right a couple more things uh two main techniques regarding reflecting slash mirroring um it should be sh uh, kind of short and simple right you're not saying um this is what i hear you saying and then suddenly talking for 30 minutes <laughs> you're you're basically uh touching base right you're saying i understand you i get it and you're just repeating a key you know a few key words and few few words spoken just so uh, they know that you're on track and you're understanding and you're listening um so be aware to not over mirror or over uh, reflect as this can be irritating. Like, can you imagine if you're trying to tell your partner's story and after every three sentences he's like, okay, this is what I hear you saying. So you went to work and this happened. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you talk and then he's like, okay, this is what I hear you saying, that you felt this way. I mean, it could, it could backfire. <laughs> it could be extremely annoying. Um, so you got to be careful with not overdoing it. Um, but from my experience, most people don't do it at all. So, um, 
you're, I'm pretty sure you're not overdoing it, uh, but make sure you don't overdo it. Paraphrasing involves using other words to reflect what your partner has said, right? So when you're paraphrasing, you're not actually literally saying the exact same words, but you're kind of phrasing it in your own way. And I think that's one way that it could feel more natural, you know, instead of you literally saying and repeating what your, um, what your partner is saying. Okay, so that's it. Uh, creating a safe space, going into it kind of through person-centered theory, which includes three things. One, unconditional positive regard. Two, empathetic understanding. And three, congruence, right? And then that's the soil. And then from there, you are actively listening. So when I say creating a safe space, um, there's the micro and macro, and this is the micro. This is when you guys sit down to have some heartfelt conversations, or you know, you come home from work and you're tired. Um, but even though you're tired, you want to create a safe space for your partner. Um, this is whenever you guys engage, right? This is how you create a safe space. I'm not talking about you know everything you guys do, whether it's seeing a movie or having dinner. Um, of course, there's just generally being respectful and present is kind of you know across the board <laughs> should be uh, always there but this is specifically when you want to create a space a safe space for someone um, when there's communication right when you guys are exchanging um, words feelings thoughts anything and in that exchange if this uh, the space is safe that produces glue and that's how people trust each other it, it, it's the people who don't create these spaces it's the people who, um, in relationships, hijack conversations, don't look at their partner while the partner's talking, um, you know, always checking their cell phone, not being present, thinking about other things, right? Doing zero mirroring or paraphrasing or reflecting. So the partner has no idea if, if he or she's even being heard or not. Uh, no smiles, no eye contact, horrible posture. So when, when, when we are doing that, when we're supposed to be having some, you know, meaningful uh, conversations, that is not providing a safe space. And what happens is, um, your partner will no longer want to talk to you. You know, uh, will no longer want to. Well, I mean, he or she may talk to you as far as logistics, but they they're not going to feel safe to melt into you and to have deep conversations where they feel uh, held. Right. The byproduct of creating a safe space is that you f you feel safe and you feel held you know and and that feeling means that the person that is choosing to love you is doing life with you it's a it's a it's a it's a way that two people hold hands and do life together so if you don't create a safe space um, it's really hard to build any kind of relationship if you want a bulletproof relationship you have to both be able to create a safe space for each other and again Active listening is a practice. Don't be hard on yourself. You know, if you <laughs> feel that you're not good at it, um, it's like any exercise. You gotta practice it. Um, so creating a safe space is also a practice. Now, listen, I wasn't able to do this before. In my twenties, oh my god, I would, I would not create safe spaces for people. You know, and I felt the direct consequences of that. Um, 
today, and yes, I did go to therapy school and all that, but you don't have to go to therapy school to be able to create a safe space. Today at 45, I could say that I could create a safe space for someone. It still does take intention, right? Um, it comes more naturally to me than it has ever before, but I still have to go into it with the intention and remind myself, okay, this person wants to talk to me. Um, be there, be present, actively listen, um, mirror, paraphrase, you know, reflect what they're saying back, know that um, you understand, smile, sit up straight, engage, don't hijack the conversation, and most importantly, don't judge.